Perfect Stranglers contains graphic and explicit content suitable for mature listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Stranglers. I'm Bree. It was just like this awkward silence and then it's like who's gonna go who's gonna go who's gonna go because we i've i've said this in previous episodes we used to have a rule where if it's brie's episode brie opens it kylie does the housekeeping yeah. like that was a rule that just like we don't do rules you, and you don't want to say hi at the same time because then you have to do it over again right <laughs> yeah so it's like okay but then it's like you know what I feel like I like when I'm listening to podcasts and they're not perfect and it's like, oh, it's an actual human and it's like, oh, they started at the same time. That's funny and quirky. Let's keep it. I don't know. I feel that way. Guys, if you guys feel that way, can you please let us know? Because it's a lot less work for us to restart. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Uh. So, um, can we talk about seasonal depression? Not to be a downer. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. I just, it is dark and it is cold and the allergies are, I can no longer blame my mood and my feelings and whatever on allergies. The only other thing I can blame it on is Mercury was in retrograde. Mercury is no longer in retrograde. It is an Aries moon right now. Aries is in Mercury and the moon is full and like I should be thriving because I am just peak Aries. But I just want to go lay down in the shower with really hot water in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Or go in the woods and scream. Oh my God. It just like... I would love to go wander. My happy place is in the middle of the woods with no trail. And I didn't realize that until I got divorced and I started going to wander in the woods. And I'm like, I feel so much more like re-energized by being around the woods, which is why I now have that giant plant behind me. Uh Uh-huh. Listeners, your plant mama is here. I have have easily 40 houseplants. Yeah, so... Um, I know they say like taking like vitamin D or something like that can help because I prefer my vitamin D in a different form. <laughs> Going out in the sun, Brie, not in a pill. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> there was vitamin D. It's I don't know. There was a bone joke in there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of the bone? Is it a bones day or no bones day? No. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I didn't know what this was either, so I had to look it up because I was asked if it was a bones day or no bones day. Apparently, there is a pug. I think it's a pug on TikTok. He's very old. It's like a 10-year-old pug, something like that. And the owner will start his day off. It's like a groundhog. Is he going to see a shadow? Is he not? And he'll stand his pug up, be like, okay, is it a bones day or no bones day? And if it's a bones day, the pug can stand up on his own and like it's going to be a good day. If it's a no bones day, the pug literally just lays back down like he has no bones and it's like going to be a not great day. (laughs) Oh, wow. I know. know. Well, it's a no bones day for me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's been a no bones freaking last month over here. 
because Mercury was in Gatorade and we're just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're powering through, guys. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, also, I just have a lot to say right now because I told Brie before we started recording this, I was like, I am very manic. My ADHD is out of control. Um, it's been a lot. So yeah. I'm going to take Everly. I'm actually going with Nicole this weekend. Nicole and Everly and I are going to brunch and then we're going to a place here called Spirit Dreams where they sell like crystals and tarot cards and all of the good witchy stuff that we all love. Uh-huh. Um, cause Sounds I just like, lovely. need to get a crystal. I just need to get a crystal and like center myself. Um, and also we're going to have crepes, but nice. There is, that'll help with uh, the centering cookie. as well. It, it will. And you know what? My girl, my girl Eves, she loves her rocks. I have rocks everywhere in my house. Rocks and pine cones and sticks. Hell yeah. Everywhere. Hell yeah. She's my little witchy girl. Um, but there's a cookie place also opening called Detroit Cookie Company. Okay. And I've posted about it before on my personal page. But if you guys don't know what this is, it's obviously a cookie company out of Detroit. But they actually ship throughout the country. And they are hands down the best cookies I have ever had in my entire life. Bar none. They do vegan. They do gluten-free. And some of them are like their regular flat cookies. And then they do stuffed ones. They do ice cream sandwiches with their cookies. They do like blondies and brownies. But they so they'll put and they're like they're like warm and crispy like on the outside and the inside's like kind of gooey. Oh, but with the chocolate perfect. chip, I know. But with the chocolate chip ones, like they'll put the chocolate chips in the batter, but then they'll put like a layer of chocolate chips over the top of it as well, like push them in there, and oh, it makes me so happy. Wow, <laughs> they're serious. I they are serious about their. I mean, it is a. Detroit cookie company so yeah in business I've been thinking about uh Christmas cookies lately oh yeah what kind yeah. of Christmas cookies do you like to make um you know the huge uh cutouts you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um got your cutouts you got your green wreath cookies the ones that you don't bake oh, them yeah. and then you put the little um yeah. cinnamon uh majiggers on them and yep, yep, yep. um gingerbread and uh i i was looking up like some new recipes this year and i found like a white chocolate raspberry thumbprint cookies which sound really oh, good that sounds so good yeah so i might try yeah. a new different one this year mix it up a little bit i like that yeah yeah i always make um salted caramel pretzel bark aka crack mm-hmm. and it's it's super easy yeah. and everyone freaking loves it everyone goes nuts for it it is crack but chelsea's dad is, makes it that is, stuff I, I can't have it in my house because i will eat i will literally eat it all yeah oh one like, note, I, I can't so have it here you pour it out over like parchment paper right well yeah yes yes yeah so one year, me and Chelsea made that stuff, and it, um, well, Chelsea made it actually at my house, and we didn't have parchment paper. I'm like, I have wax paper. No, it didn't work. Don't use wax. It smokes paper. the entire house up. It smokes the entire house up. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do it. Yeah, it's not edible. <laughs> no. Um. So this is for my mom. Mom, grandma used to make these cookies. Now that we're talking about this, okay. I hope you know what I'm talking about. So there are these cookies and they're in the shape of like a tree, but they would curve 
up. They were like a white cookie, like a sugar cookie almost, but they were, they were, they would, God, how would it shape like a tree, but it would like curve, the sides of it would curve up and they were crispy on the outside. And then the inside where the, 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 the curve would be, would be a little bit softer. Do you know what I'm talking about? So like they're, they're like, when they're sitting flat, they're like concave. Almost like a boat. Yeah. A boat. <laughs> yes, like a boat. Okay. Uh, how do you say boat? Boat. Ew, that hurts my embouchure. I don't like it. Boat. Boat. <laughs> at me like a mom looks at her child like this girl's not gonna get it ever <laughs> i can't uh, we need to move on from this yeah boats. mom boats hit me bows. up if you know what i'm talking about <laughs> uh let's let's do some freaking housework should we okay uh okay guys hi 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 lovelies you're fantastic and we love you um if you love us as much as we love you, please follow us on Facebook or yeah, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, what else? Twitter. I saw that a lot of you like were hopping on our Twitter, so maybe I should start posting on Twitter more because our Twitter clicks went up by like ninety six percent. Yeah. So I don't know what that's all about. I Especially, need to start posting on Twitter more. Like maybe people are preparing for the next time that Instagram and Facebook shut down. Go down. Go down yeah. for like... Yeah. I need to do that. I need to yeah. start posting on Twitter more. Um, but Twitter is at Perf Stranglers. Instagram is at Perfect underscore Stranglers. Facebook is at Perfect Stranglers, a true crime podcast. Also, please subscribe to us wherever you're listening to us. Please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and go ahead and leave a review. Reviews really, really help us get noticed by people who also enjoy the true crime um genre of podcasting and uh that's that's that on that thank you cool so today we have a cold case which those are always unsettling but they're always really interesting um mm. this is this means that my mom's gonna get pissed off at this because she hate remember how she hated that ones that were unsolved that we did we yeah. did like a string of four of them that were unsolved and she's like i don't like this yeah <laughs> Well, and your mom's a local gal, isn't she? Yeah, she's a local gal. Yeah, so she pro- she might know this case, the yeah, Evelyn so. Hartley case. Yeah, so I'm going to head out. Yeah, so that's such a Midwestern goodbye. Yeah, so I'm going to head out. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so I'm going to get out of here. Let me go start making, yeah, so hey, yeah. Or, so, well, I suppose. Well, I suppose I got to head out. <laughs> It's about that time to start start packing packing up and heading out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this case, this is an old case, and it is kind of like one of I I'd say one of our big like hometown hometown murder stories. Um, I mean, and by it's hometown, probably we're a murder. Across Wisconsin, we're talking Lacrosse, Wisconsin for a hometown. Because we have some of y'all in Canada. Right. This is... Yes. This is La Crosse, Wisconsin, yeah. So it's um, it scared the crap out of um, the whole town, basically. 
Um, cause nothing really like this, um, had happened, uh, in modern times, like in the fifties when this happened. So, uh, we're talking about Evelyn Grace Hartley today. Uh, Evie for short was her nickname. Um, Evie? She, yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I know I have to change my daughter's name. <laughs> <laughs> she was born February 21st, 1937. So when all, all this whole story happened, she was 15 years old. Um, she was a very studious girl. She was a good singer. She was even in the church choir and she had an interest in science. She was like, she was like in the nerd clubs, but you know, mm, she was a very nice and sweet and polite girl. And she went to Central mm. High School. Um, her family had moved to La Crosse in 1949 from Charleston, Illinois, and her father, uh, Richard Hartley, was a professor at what is now UW La Crosse. Um, at the time it was called the La Crosse Teachers College. Um, this, uh, so the small town of La Crosse, um, it completely changed over the course of one evening in October of 1959. So, I believe, yeah, it was October 24th, 1953. People started locking their doors, which they didn't do before. Um, and so, in 1953, one of the biggest events of the season um, was the college homecoming football game. Um so it was against River Falls and um 15-year-old Evelyn was asked to babysit for the children of a colleague of her father. Um the the colleague was a, another professor and his name was Vigo Rasmussen. Um so uh, on the evening of October 24th, 1953, um, Evelyn was picked up by um, Mr. Rasmussen at her home on Johnson Street, and um, he took her to his house on Heschler Drive, where she would babysit for his 20-month-old baby, Janice. Um, it was it was a new, um, at the time, it was like a new housing development over there. Um, so it was like the south side of La Crosse. Um, so, uh, ever the polite young woman, Evelyn brought with her a bouquet of flowers as a gift to the Rasmussen family, and she also brought her school books so she could study quietly after the baby went to sleep. Um, so pure. Yeah. Um, seven-year-old Rosalind Rasmussen, um, was to go to the homecoming game with her parents and most of the other citizens of La Crosse, um, so it would be just Evie and Janice at the house. Evelyn's mother was um, expecting her to call home around 8.30 just to check in, um, which is something she always did when she was out um, and just to make sure things were going smoothly. Um, so she failed to call home and she also failed to pick up the phone calls to the Rasmussen house um, after 8.30 and her dad got worried about this um, because it just wasn't like her. And he drove over to the Rasmussen home to check things out. And mm -hmm. when her father, Richard, arrived, he found the doors locked, the lights on, the and the radio on. And he could see Evelyn's school books on the floor in the living room. 
Um, he walked around the outside of the house and he found that all the windows were locked, um, except for one window with access to the basement that was open. Um, he then went to a neighboring home and they called the police. Um, when the police arrived, it was apparent that something was definitely not right. Uh, they went into the home and they found, uh, one of Evelyn's shoes at the bottom of the basement stairs and the other shoe was in the living room along with her glasses. Um, the baby was still asleep upstairs and there were blood stains found outside the basement window. Um, they paused the investigation around 1.30 a.m. and they let the Rasmussen family back into their home. Uh, okay. Yeah. It was the 50s. Maybe they just, like, didn't know how to do this at that point. <clears throat> But I feel like common sense should, uh, men must have been in charge. Oh, they were. Yeah. Yep. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I don't think that's a good idea. Um. No. None of this is a good idea. No. No. Um, so yeah, their intent was to resume the investigation in the morning. Um, I did find that weird. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, I guess... DNA wasn't a thing, so maybe they just weren't as careful. Um, The next day, though, the word of the missing babysitter had spread like wildfire, and by noon, there was nearly a thousand people waiting outside of the Rasmussen home to see where it happened and to await instructions from police because um, many people there um, wanted to help by forming a search party. So you had a mix of gawkers and volunteers traipsing through the neighborhood uh, possibly messing up crime scenes throughout and is the there nothing worse than a middle to older midwest man or woman gawking at something Ugh. so annoying. there's nothing worse you know exactly who i'm talking you can picture this human being it's that person who they just need to be in everyone's business because they feel like they're like they need to know everything because they feel like they're entitled to know it right Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. All those type of people. Um, so, the National Guard, Boy Scouts, and the Lacrosse College students and staff um, combed the Cooley region looking for any sign of Evelyn just for days. The state crime lab um, didn't arrive until Monday. So I think this was on a Friday or Saturday. They didn't get there till probably a Friday because if it was, if it was football, it was a Friday night. Yeah. So <clears throat> uh, also not good. Um, nope. And bloodhounds were utilized, and they followed a scent for two blocks um, through the neighborhood until Cooley Drive, where they believed that she was put in a car. Um, a lot of the neighbors were interviewed, and a couple that lived near the Rasmussen's, recalled hearing screaming that night um, that stopped with the screaming sounding choked off, um, as they put it. But they did not call the police because they thought that it was a neighborhood child being punished. So, if you... Oh, my God. Yeah, if if you thought that boomers were violent with their children, then let me introduce you to the 
poorly named greatest generation who raised all the boomers and beat the shit out of them. So that's what happened there. We're we're stopping the cycle here with the millennials, you know, and then hopefully Gen Z completely stops. I just could get into spanking so much. There's so much research. There has been research since the 60s how corporal punishment, which is spanking. We got into this on fucking Jordy Arias. I could just go on. Don't even get me. I told you I am not in. I know. Okay, we need to stop. Right. And learn about attachment styles and learn what yours is. Exactly. And you know what? Learn your fucking child's love languages and your partner's love languages and your friend's love languages. And then fucking parent gently. Okay? Yeah. So that's our mental health PSA for today. (laughs) We're not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. And another neighbor (laughs) saw a young couple walking through the yards um, at night and the the night that Evelyn was abducted and they said that the young woman was stumbling and struggling to walk and they thought that she was drunk or something but um if it was Evelyn she was probably hurt and shoeless um because both of her shoes were at the house still um Mm -hmm. upon inspecting the neighborhood and the homes and properties near the Rasmussen house they found um athletic shoe tracks in the dirt um, all over the new neighborhood. So it looked like it was somebody who was prowling around the neighborhood um, at night. And the shoe print, which was a size 11, matched a dirty shoe print found on the white carpet of the Rasmussen living room. Um, other evidence found was pry marks on the neighbor's house and pry marks on one of the Rasmussen's bedroom windows uh the evidence seemed to suggest that the abductor forced Evelyn downstairs and out through the window the basement window that he entered from um leaving all the upstairs doors locked um which i think that's i don't i think that's the first time i've heard of that it's weird i thought maybe it's not weird i don't know yeah. i just haven't heard of that before um yeah. Neighbors reported seeing an old tan-colored sedan in the neighborhood that was unfamiliar. And um, also police found more signs of a violent struggle outside of the house. Um, there was also blood found on the side of the Rasmussen house. A bloody handprint was on the side of the house. A trail of blood led around the corner to a neighbor's house where... Blood was found smeared on the side of their garage, and also blood was found outside of the house next door, and it had seeped into a window well. Um, So the police believed that her body had laid there for a little while, allowing the blood to accumulate. Um, After being told that little tidbit about the window, um, Mrs. Hartley said that she knew her daughter was no longer living. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's suspected that once they she was put in the car that it drove south. There were reports that night, um, in the area of Goose Island, which is south of Lacrosse, um, of screaming, and a Lacrosse man with a vehicle that matched the description of the sedan, um, the tan sedan. Um, wrongfully spent the night in jail after Sparta police copied down the license plate number incorrectly. So he had the same car oh and they God. like thought that they had him, but actually it was the wrong license plate number or whatever. So, yeah. oh my God. 
awful. <laughs> yeah. How fucking awful. I hope that was expunged from his record. Oh, I'm sure it was. I mean, or whatever, whatever they need to do. Jeez. Um, they questioned. Jeez Louise. Yeah. They questioned every known um, sex offender. They searched the storm sewers. They used the Civil Air Patrol to do air searches for anything resembling a recent grave. Um, and Mr. Hartley was sent very cruel and sick letters from different places where people had heard about the case. Um, he received a letter from North Dakota that read, just a note to let you know that Miss Hartley is in my power. Don't try to trace this letter because I don't ha- I didn't leave any evidence. I'll let you know the ransom later. Um, you, you stupid people almost had me back there, but I managed to escape. And then it was signed with a skull and crossbones. Um, Ew. (laughs) Yeah. And there was also another letter from St. Paul, Minnesota that read, Don't worry anymore about that Evelyn Hartley. She went away with a man from La Crosse. She is well and fine, and after all that commotion, is afraid to come home or write. She will come home when all has calmed down. All that so-called evidence was planted to mislead. She wanted to be forgotten and is already sorry of her bargain. Signed, M.M. Which was weird. Uh, that's <clears throat> weird. Um, so early in the year of 1954, police got more evidence about 14 miles away in Coon Valley, Wisconsin. Um, an old worn denim jacket and a pair of athletic shoes were found. Um, they were found along the side of Highway 14. Both the jacket and shoes had blood on them that matched Evelyn's blood type. Because um, they didn't know about DNA yet. Um, yeah. So that's all they had to go on. Um, the shoes matched the footprints found inside and outside of the Rasmussen home. Uh, there was also dirt on the shoes that matched the profile of the dirt found outside the Rasmussen house. <clears throat> the denim jacket found had a worn spot which appeared to have been made by a harness worn by a steeplejack um and it had been altered to be shortened but the sleeves were left at the original length so by may of 1954 progress on the case had slowed um as no more leads had transpired and lie detector tests were administered to all high school and um college age males Over 1,700 students and faculty were to be tested, but only about 300 actually were tested after the school board shut it down with the help of a statement by university psychiatrist Dr. Carl Smith, who said that the lie detector tests are a mass application of third-degree methods. This is a dangerous use of a device that isn't even recognized by the courts. Um, I could imagine, I mean, it was voluntary. But I can just about imagine, like, all the parents being like, why are you treating all of our sons like they're criminals? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so several possible suspects were questioned. And among the list of possible suspects was a name that you may recognize. Um, Ed Gein. He. Really? Yeah. He actually had been visiting his aunt a few houses away from the Rasmussen house uh, mm-hmm. at the time of Evelyn's disappearance. 
Um, he denied any wow. involvement in the case, and he passed two lie detector tests. This all happened, um, like, in 1957. This, uh, this happened, um, like, you know, three years after um, Evelyn's disappearance. He had just been caught... Um, he had just been caught for killing and field dressing the owner of the hardware store, um, a woman mm-hmm. that owned the hardware store. Um, but any- oh, we need to do Gein. Yeah, I, I want to do. I want to do Gein so bad. I think that has to be the next heavy hitter. For I sure. just like I will get. This is my. I'm so sorry, mom, that I I am so fucked up. I would get a very like satisfied i would be satisfied reading down the list of things that would found it was found in his house from like the the lamps the lampshades and the nipple belt all i just like i need i need to do gain (laughs) (laughs) for sure we have to um so but he was actually cleared of any involvement in the evelyn hartley case um it is apparently rumored that Evelyn's body was buried under Jackson Street since it was under construction at the time. Uh, other theories are that maybe Evelyn was the unidentified woman found in a ditch in Viroqua in 1984. Her hands had been cut off and her face had been beaten really badly. No one has ever claimed the body and she would have been around the same age as Evelyn in 1984. Um, the police, a police artist was used to reconstruct this woman's face since she was beaten so badly. And there were many similarities in the facial structure. Um, the comparison, um, becomes even more evident when you compare a photo of the unidentified woman from 1984 to a photo of Evelyn's mother. Um, other theories were that she ran away, which is highly unlikely, um, or that since she wasn't the regular babysitter, um, that it was the regular babysitter that was supposed to have been murdered, which also I find highly unlikely. Um, yeah. so, um, yeah, it's, it's still a cold case. She hasn't been found yet unless she was that unidentified woman. And if she was, mm-hmm. then where was, like, why, what, what? You know, like where, what, why was she high? Where, where was she? Was she kept somewhere? I don't know. Yeah. Most of my case information um, came from a report by Steve Bothan, for which he won an Associated Press Award. um, And also from the Dark Lacrosse podcast, which I highly recommend listening to. Ooh, we should see if they want to do a collab. It's the um, Lacrosse Historical Society and stuff oh, like that. Oh, they'd love us. I don't. <laughs> I don't think they'd want to be associated with us, honestly, because we cry too much. But <laughs> that is so true. Okay, we'll just admire from afar. Yeah. Um. Listen, we can clean up our acts. I have to do that eight hours a day at work. Right. <laughs> I don't, I've been called an HR nightmare, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Well, that was satisfying yet unsatisfying. I could have swore that we did that case, but I guess not. 
But a lot of people, especially a lot of our um, more mature listeners who listen, have told us to do that case because it was around the time of like when they were born. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those cases where the whole town knows about it, remembers it. It's been passed down for a couple generations now. If you move to town, your neighbor's going to tell you about it. It's one of those type of cases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, okay then. If anyone knows anything about Evelyn Hartley, please contact us. Wouldn't that be crazy if someone knew something? That like all this year, like on their on their deathbed, they're like, "I'm just going to confess." Yeah, yeah. I feel like that happens. Honestly, it pro yeah, it does a lot. Deathbed confessions are a thing. Yeah, I mean, I would say maybe don't contact us. I mean, tell us about it. No, contact but us. But contact the lacrosse police department first and then contact yeah, us. Yeah, con- and then contact us. Unless they or say like, not to. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to. Right. But then if you contact us, well, I will gladly tell the lacrosse police department. Yeah, for sure. I would love to be a first line of defense for your deathbed confession. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's where I'm at on it. Well, thanks, Bree. Thanks for breaking that one down. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's one of the shorter ones because it's a cold case. Lots of cold cases are shorter cases because it's like, this is all we know. And then we need other people to fill in the blanks. Right. Well, next week is going to be a really long one. It's been a while since we've had like a lengthy one and where it's going to be a lengthy one. Um so, you know, just kind of even in or out there. If you guys have a case that you want us to um, you want us to do, go ahead and email us, contact at perfectstranglers.com or hit us up on our social media and uh, yeah, let us know what you want us to do. And that's that's all I got for you today. All right. Well, until next time, stranglers. Catch you on the flip flop. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Catch, <laughs> drop us a line. Catch yeah. you next Thursday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>